Welcome to the Digital Marketing Insights Podcast, brought to you by Brightside Digital. Hi everyone, welcome to the show. I'm delighted to say we have Sean Fahi here, who's founder and digital communications specialist at his own Fahi Media Company. How are you doing, Sean? Very good, Tom. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. Sean, can you start off by telling us all a little bit about yourself and your career to date, please? Sure. So um, I've had this business for near on three years now, um, helping customers across kind of a range of digital marketing and communications proposals, generally in the B2B space. Um, my own history before I started off this business was uh, I was digital editor for the Irish Daily Star for a number of years, uh, spearheaded the launch of Buzz.ie, uh, which you may or may not be familiar with. Still going strong today, so hopefully did something right there. And um, then a little bit before I moved on to doing this business by myself, I did some time as um, account manager and head of digital for a company called Gibney Communications, which the general public might not be all that familiar with, uh, but Gibney Communications are one of the biggest kind of corporate PR firms in Ireland. And I was account manager and head of digital for companies like Aldi Ireland, BAM Ireland, and Huawei. Wow. Wow. Incredible. And now obviously to modern day you've started up your own company since and, and how are you finding the change of pace? Good. You know, I think anybody who goes out and does this and works for themselves, there's positives and negatives, um, mostly, hopefully more so the negatives at, at the start of the career, things like, you know, cash flow not being as handy as it was when you were getting the salary through the job. But obviously having that flexibility and control over what you do, not only in terms of your time, uh, but also in terms of you know, choosing the type of clients you want to work with, uh, angling towards the exact kind of uh, streams that you want to be pitching towards, the type of businesses, exactly the kind of strategy that you want to hold when you're dealing with clients. Um, it, you know, there's really no comparison and obviously no shade or anything like to any of the places I've worked at before. I had a great experience and... Uh, thoroughly enjoyed the places that I worked at and, and learned a lot. Um, but you know, doing something by yourself is is incomparable, really, to uh, being kind of a salaried employee. And Sean, what would you see is your main strength nowadays? Where do you try and focus your energies and time into? Yeah, so like I said, um, my we we tend to focus on B two B. Um, there's a lot of good stuff that can be done in the B2B space um, where, for example, you know, if, if you're dealing with a, a consumer facing business, which, of course, plenty and plenty of businesses, one are, and there's plenty of uh, digital marketing companies and agencies out there who will uh, readily deal with uh, that B2B, B2C space. But uh, with clients, um, and they, they're probably aware of this when they obviously start to engage our services, in that B2C space, the margins are a lot tighter. You know, generally, you're speaking of maybe a 30 40% margin, especially when you're talking about um, you know, uh, people who sell products online. And it's a bigger 
it's a bigger sell, I guess, when you're talking about, okay, you have a 40% profit margin, your average sale is maybe 50, 60 euro. But if we are looking to drive your um, traffic through Google ads or Facebook ads, or whatever like that, you know, often your, your cost per sale on those is often maybe five to 10 euro plus. Uh, by the time you weed out all of the non-conversions, um, you know, the time wasters that click on your ads but don't actually do anything and all that kind of thing. And with the B2C space, it is, it's, it's a longer game um, where you, for a lot of those kind of clients, it's, uh, you have to have very clear communication up front about how, when you're dealing with the marketing, you know, the first few months, maybe half a year are going to be recouping costs, the, co- the costs that you put into marketing. And with the, um, in that kind of consumer space, you have to be thinking about, okay, realistically, we're looking at a year target. We're looking that by the end of the year, we'll obviously have spent all, all this money on uh, getting in those initial customers. But we're working on nurturing those customers that we brought in you six months ago and bringing them back for their next purchase that hopefully we're not paying ad revenues on. And that's the kind of strategy you're talking about with B2Cs. With B2B and where we try to tend to focus, um, I will, uh, one of the kind of first things we'll do when we uh, chat to a client is uh, we try to, as much as possible, get an idea of you know what their average value per sale is, what their profit margins are, um, if they've run advertising campaigns before, do they have an idea of what their cost per click is, like what their conversion rates and all that kind of thing is. We will then map out a three, a six, and a 12-month goal where we will say, you know, by month three, we want to have converted this much in revenue. By month six, we'll want to convert that much in revenue. And by month 12, we want to convert the rest. And obviously kind of trying to grow that incrementally throughout. With the B2B space, it's a lot simpler to do that a lot of the times. Uh, You know, the profit margins are are greater uh, often. And uh, one other element that we will tend to look at is we will do some uh, contact sourcing. So, you know, we can source databases on, uh, for example, one of the clients I work with is in the airline technology sector, and they need to sell their technology specifically to CFOs in airlines. They have no interest in speaking to anybody else in the world. That is literally the only people that they need to speak to. So we can generate contact databases of those kinds of people. Uh, We will then target our adverts and email campaigns specifically to that kind of person. Um, And we we see a really good return on investment from that. I love that. So you, uh, what, like I definitely see a crossover in some of my work here, but basically to summarize, you're creating a, a database, a network of people that you want to target or businesses that you want to target. And then you're putting in a remarketing campaign for them before even making a phone call or a contact marketing to them to then try and generate them as leads further down the line. Absolutely. Like there's, there's all, there's a careful balance that always needs to be struck between, 
obviously uh, trying to bring down costs for the client or not necessarily, you know, I know we hate in this industry to be talking about, you know, always talk about, you know, the, you, you don't want to be the cheapest in the market. You don't want to be the most expensive, but you need to obviously bring value to the customer. And what we try to do with that is, you know, there's no point in saying that we're, you know, the what's the kind of old adage, but you're, you're not just throwing stuff at the wall. You know, there's no point in just, you know, throwing a load of money at an advertising campaign. And, you know, for example, we we might say that, for, for example, the customer that I, I just spoke about, we, we might be able to say, okay, typically that customer is uh, living in these areas. They're 50 to 65, maybe in age. But there's a big difference between targeting very broadly at everybody in that space or focusing your spend on that much more acute targeting of actually generating the list of, like I said, in in that case, the CFOs in their airlines. Yeah. And what would you see is the best platforms for marketing B2B at the moment? Which which ones are your go-to sources for? I know it depends on industries, but what are the go-to B2B platforms that you use? Like ultimately with B2B, and it's it's gonna sound redundant, but it's LinkedIn. Of course it's LinkedIn. You know, if if you are talking B2B, like um it, it LinkedIn is where business is done uh, above the other social media platforms, particularly when you're talking B2B. Of course there's there's gonna be a little bit of room for um kind of flexibility on that if um for example, you're dealing with, uh, you're doing B2B sales. Maybe you're dealing with a builder who wants to build networks of like roofing contractors and, you know, window installers and all this kind of thing. Um, you know, you might say that actually, for, you know, you want to be talking to roofing installers and all this kind of thing. And, you know, maybe they're not the audience that's necessarily on LinkedIn. So there, you, you know, maybe 90% of the B2B work you do is going to be on LinkedIn, but there's always room for that one that needs a little bit of an exception. For example, in that case, where we're talking about roofing contractors and things like that, that you want to build networks with, you know, with those, maybe we'd be looking at, you know, Facebook and Instagram, where we're sending some ads towards where they spend in their personal time, because those lads don't really spend their business time on any social network. They obviously don't spend time on their social network, but would you throw in things like Critio or AdRoll programmatic research? So if they landed on the website, you'd retarget, try and hit them with display around their journeys, their browsing journeys. Would you try and do anything like that? Yeah, so we use a platform uh, here. It's a, a really great Irish company, and I'll speak incredibly highly of it, uh, called Smarketing Cloud. Um, they are essentially an online CRM, uh, a little bit, you know, like your Salesforce or whatever. But uh, there's a lot of great things that come out of the box with it. There's some optional add-ons for customers, and as part through that platform, uh, we can capture, for example, IP data. 
uh, we can leverage that kind of data, like you said, for using re for remarketing purposes. Uh, we can uh, we will often use depending on the client and their their customer base. Uh, you know, we'll we'll have pixels for LinkedIn or Facebook so that we can kind of feed the audience data back to them for lookalike audiences. Um, so and then kind of back to the marketing cloud platform. We're, depending on the customer, and again, more in that B two B space, um, we can do backtrack uh, of IP addresses as well. So, for example, it's highly valuable information for one of our clients if they can know that the person who spent ten minutes on their website yesterday was actually one of their golden goose clients. Maybe they haven't replied to an email yet. Maybe they haven't engaged, but they're clearly interested and you would have no idea unless you had that kind of IP tracking um, enabled. And then that obviously op opens up the options for customers to pick up the phone to that person, maybe send an email um, while the business is clearly on their minds. Um, so yeah, absolutely. The, you know, um, because obviously you're in this space as well, you'll understand that... Um, there, I think a lot of what separates a good or an okay marketing campaign from a great marketing campaign is how well you can make all of your pieces fit together, how well you can leverage your website visitors, your email marketing, your advertising campaigns. If they all look like they're completely different pictures, you might get results, but again, that's your good or okay campaign. But when you can make all of those parts sing together, that's when it turns great. Yeah, very clever stuff. Yeah. And uh, is there any particular campaign or work maybe in your previous careers as well that you're really proud of that you made really successful? Um, yeah, like uh, maybe to start off in, in previous work, um, obviously, like I said, uh, at the start, we uh, launched Buzz.ie. It was a tiny team at the start. Um, I was even relatively young myself when I was kind of appointed digital editor. I think it was 24 or 25. And the team that were there under me were all um, like young, fresh out of college journalists. And we like it God bless them. They they were all brilliant, um, and you know, it, it was a, it was a a labor of passion. You know, the guys really wanted to see something that they had essentially had their foot in the door for in the beginning uh, really succeed. And like I said, it is still uh, something that is going to this day. I'm really proud that it's still there, and it still seems to be going very strong. Um, I did, work, like I said, work for Gibney Communications. Uh, I loved a lot of the work I did with Aldi. Uh, Aldi were a really interesting client. Uh, we were doing everything from being down at the uh, Bloss Naharan um, Taste Awards, you know, to deal with media and queries and stuff for you know products that were winning, and you know, dealing with suppliers and stuff like that down there. Um, we were involved in like negotiations with uh, the like farmers strikes. You remember all the kind of farmers who were blocking up the M50 and stuff about two years ago. Uh, we were we were involved with that kind of stuff. So that was like really interesting, high level stuff. Um, and then kind of with myself here, like with the business I have here, um, I've been really proud of work I've done for, for example, um, I assume they wouldn't mind me saying now, but um, that airline company, uh, Rainmaker, a really interesting Irish company making technology that is being used by some of the top airline brands around the world. 
um, working with a company called uh, Coffee Click and Vero Coffee, um, both part of the same parent company. They're the official Lavazza distributors for Ireland. Uh, we did their website and we're regularly making adjustments and amendments and putting in new features that'll help them to grow their customer base and increase the average value per sale. And um, quite recently, we've been working with a great uh, company called NS Safetyware. Uh, they're based out in Dublin Port, which is a perfect location for them because they're a safetyware supplier for the likes of builders and electricians, high ropes, um, and the website we built for them and the kind of ad campaign that we have running in the background. And much like Coffee Click, these, this work on expanding the average value per sale and everything like that. That site was only launched in the last six months, but again, it, it's really feature rich. It's, um, we try to make obviously the, the process of the customer guiding themselves through a sale as quick, as quick and easy as possible. But it's full of a lot of features in the background that customers don't necessarily see, but are really important to that business. So there are specific logins available for business clients. Uh, business clients might get a specific discount off the standard price that's there. Maybe they have um, free delivery agreed with it. Maybe some of the business clients have an option to pay later via invoice, whereas the standard customer who logs in through a website can't. Um, so yeah, there's look like I said, we've or I've been here for near on three years now, and uh, the, I, I can't wait to see where the next three to ten years go. And there'll be lots of great kind of projects and stuff uh, coming up along the way. But um, they're some of the kind of nicer, kind of more unique projects, I think, that have, we've kind of undertaken over the last few years. Yeah, I love that. And is there any particular softwares you use, Sean, that you swear by that you'd recommend to anyone? Um, I think ultimately it'll decide on, the, it'll, it'll depend a little bit on the, the size of business you have. Um, you know, there, there's great softwares that are available out there for, you know, relatively cheap and they can be really good for, you know, your startup companies or your solo entrepreneurs. Um, one thing I've, I've sworn by for the last few years that I really love is um, AppSumo. Uh, I, I don't know if you've, you know of it or if people use it a lot, but it, it's kind of a marketplace for apps that are kind of up and coming. And you can get some really great deals out of that. Um, you know, I've gotten really good invoicing software out of it, um, you know, uh, online video editing software. Um, you often get a lot of like lifetime deals, um, which is great, especially when you're dealing with um, a lot of the time. These days, everything is a... SaaS service, you know, it's software as a uh, as a service where you're kind of locked into paying it monthly. So to get some deals like that where you have it in lifetime, you maybe pay 50, 60 quid up front, um, that can really help the, the when you're kind of earlier in the business. And to be honest, uh, even with bigger businesses, I, I, I love AppSumo. I'd highly recommend people to check that out and see what kind of um, good bits of kit that they can find on there. Um, in terms of bigger businesses, like I said, we are... Um, I suppose unofficially partnered. We don't have anything in writing, but we do a lot of work together um, with uh, Marketing Cloud. That's S Marketing Cloud. Um, they're an Irish business. They're essentially taking on Salesforce in that uh, network. And they're out of the box. Their platform has so much more built into it than 
Salesforce or, or any of those kind of competitors that I've tried before. Um, so if I can do Joe Cosgrave of Smarketing Cloud a favor there, I'd, anybody listen to this, I'd highly recommend to at least look into their platform because um, it, it's, it's done wonders for us here. That's really good advice. And Sean, is there any areas you're looking to upskill yourself into at the moment? Ooh, good question. Um, like, I think you always need to be upskilling. Um, at the moment, I, you know, um, been doing Google Ads for much of the last ten years, but at the moment, I'm going through a course on Google Ads because the, that platform is constantly changing, introducing new features, um, new kinds of campaigns. So. Um, I suppose not, yeah, not so much necessarily learning new skills, but um, making sure that, you know, uh, you're up to date on the latest features and stuff like that on crucial elements like Google Ads. So th that's where I'm currently spending my time. Usually I try to find maybe at least three windows a week where I can spend half an hour to an hour going through that course because the whole course, I think, is about 48 hours long. Time consumer, all right. And is there anywhere for your day-to-day -day you go to websites or publications where you get the latest news or information in the industry? Um, I don't know about in the industry. Um, like I, um, uh, because I, I, I was a journalist, um, I, I love, um, you know, a, a good standard newspaper that I can have in front of me. That is, you know, uh, written by you know reliable journalists within Ireland, some international, obviously as well. Um, but on a day-to-day -day basis, um, usually the Irish Independent is the first one I open up. Um, Adrian Weckler, the technology editor there, uh, often has really interesting pieces that would be related to our kind of industry. Um, then with the Business Post uh, on a Sunday uh, is a great read as well. Um, they will pay very close attention to kind of tech and software. Again, their um, tech editor, Emmett Ryan, is extremely knowledge knowledgeable. Um, he not only is he kind of great in his kind of uh, editorial pieces, uh, but, he, you know, I've put clients in front of him um, on a few occasions and he's he's always extremely pleasant and professional uh, dealing with them but also uh, comes out with some really interesting and thought-provoking questions um, that uh, any client I've put in front of him has always come back to me and said that you know geez he, he you know he, they really enjoyed the conversation and somehow somewhere in the middle of it started to forget that they were you know a little bit nervous about, about speaking to a journalist and um, probably linked, is there anything in the industry as a whole, in digital as a whole, that you think is really interesting in the future that might be coming out? Um, what's going on with Twitter at the moment is interesting. Uh, I don't even know how much I want to talk about Elon Musk and Twitter, to be honest. Um, but obviously, that, that that's something interesting. Um, you know, God, what happens with Twitter over the next few years, I think is going to be very interesting. I'm not sure what Elon is talking about in terms of getting people to pay $8 a month for a blue tick is the way things should go. And, you know, generally, you know, Twitter can be very reliable um, when you're relying essentially on those blue ticks because they're hard to get. And, you know, they tend to be celebrities authorizing who they are. They're journalists in good standing who are kind of authorizing who they are. <laughs> 
So the idea of suddenly opening it up to anybody who has eight quid a month to put at, to, to just throw towards it, I think is a little bit, I think it's backwards for what Twitter has kind of been achieving so far. In the general space, though, um, I think obviously, um, modern days, there's a lot of looking at TikTok. There's a lot of, um, even in platforms that maybe are a little more old school, if you want to say old school, considering we're talking maybe 15 years. But, um, you know, your Facebook and Instagram focusing more and more on video. I think it's going to be interesting to see that like somebody like me or you maybe working on a digital marketing campaign for a business. I often feel that there's a limited amount that we can do when it comes to video on Instagram and TikTok, because essentially with those platforms, you need a camera pointed at a real person. It needs to feel authentic and the content needs to be regular as well. So I think for businesses, particularly who are trying to target a younger demographic, certainly lower than 30, probably lower than 25. And obviously, if you're targeting teens or you know, young adults of maybe the 18 to 21 age range, TikTok is absolutely where you need to be. But there's a huge amount of work that goes into that. And there are uh, good platforms out there that can kind of make it a little bit easier. There's lots of apps on your phone you can get. There's uh, nice platforms like Wave Video um, that we've used before. Canva does stuff as well um, where you can you know, generate nice overlays to go over your video. But you still need somebody to point the camera and somebody to stand there and talk and record. And I, I, I'd be very interested to see maybe over the next five to ten years how the kind of the, the marketing executives and managers that as they grow up through this phase of, um, and not, not phase, I think it's probably, it's the future, but, um, this, this stage of video as the primary content narrative that in five to 10 years, do we suddenly have marketing, uh, staff in companies and marketing people at, at agencies that are much more willing and ready and capable to stand in front of a camera and, you know, did do their, you know, their five cents or, or whatever it might be. Um, so I think over the next kind of five to 10 years, as I said, um, I think seeing the growth of video and b watch it become a much more natural way to deliver content will be interesting to see. Yeah, really well said. Um, I could talk all day with you, Sean. But lastly, I always end the podcast with this question, which is if you could bottle up one personality trait that you have yourself, that you could pass on to others, what would it be? Kindness without stupidity. Like <laughs> um, I, 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 up until I actually just recently had a baby. Um, so I, up until about three or four months ago, I was really heavily involved with the scouts. It was how I got my first job in marketing. I was working for Switzerland at the World Scout Center. Uh, I've. When I came home to Ireland, I was working um, with my local scout group, uh, with you know groups of you know twelve to fifteen year olds generally, and you know there's a lot to be said for just being hardworking and kind to your fellow person. But I think also when it comes to business and why I kind of preface this with kindness without stupidity is, is unfortunately there are people who will take advantage of kindness. So, you know, treat people with 
kindness and respect and, you know, do that up to the point where it's clear they're not going to show the same to you. And if that's the case, learn how to move on and, you know, just put, put that behind you and, you know, look outwards to the rest of the world that is full of kind, uh, patient people that you can work with and that you can gel with and not to get kind of bogged down in those uh, negatives that you might encounter along the way. Yeah, really lovely way to end the show. Sean, if anyone wants to reach out to you, and I'm sure people will, how can they get in touch? Tell us about your business. Thanks. The website is fahimedia.ie. It's F-A-H-E-Y media.ie. We have a booking platform on the site. If you go to fahimedia.ie slash book, uh, you can very quickly and easily uh, see the spaces that I have in my calendar coming up, and you can book a free 30-minute meeting. Thank you, Sean. Thanks very much, Tom.